Hello, and welcome to the Platform Podcast, hosted by Market Place Risk Advisory Board Chair L. Tucker, a former journalist who writes, speaks, and consults on all things startups. The Platform Podcast features conversations with founders, operators, and experts tackling a myriad of topics facing the marketplace and sharing economy startup ecosystem. Please note this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not professional advice. For specific issues, please seek an appropriate professional or contact us at info at marketplacerisk.com for more information. And now, without further ado, I will hand things over to Elle. Hello, and welcome back to the Platform Podcast. Today, I am joined by Stephen Champion, who is co-founder and CEO of U2. Welcome to the podcast, Stephen. Thank you, uh, Elle, and i um, very delighted to be here. Now, the last time I saw you was a mere few weeks ago at the Sharing Economy Global Summit. So let's, before we get on to you two, let's talk about that. Did you enjoy it? It was your first summit, I believe. It was. I, it was wonderful. It was a huge privilege to be in the um, iconic Lloyd's Building in London. That was the first time I'd been in there. And I, I'm old enough to remember when it was the original Lloyd's Building. Um, job to think past the canapes, but um, uh, yeah, it was wonderful. Inspiring people and inspiring um, seminars. Brilliant. And yeah, the canapes that on are always, I always rave about those to people, but I should really focus on this, the sessions. Did you have any particular highlights? Yeah, I mean, we, they were all really excellent i i enjoyed the choice that was available um i was particularly from our perspective interested in the um in the seminars around security um authentication and and also um really just hearing from some of the open sessions about the challenges that marketplace platforms had had in their early stages of their evolution Great. And, and you are obviously a, an early stage startup. And I think these conversations are particularly valuable to the marketplace risk audience because we really like to talk to people at all stages of the journey because the risks and challenges are, are, are you know, the same and yet very different at all these stages. So it's really interesting to get your insights today. So tell me, first of all, you two, what is it all about? Yeah, so you two is a social network based around a social marketplace focused on bringing young adults um, in the UK initially back in real life together in their communities to collaborate with each other. That sounds amazing and is it something that has come about because it sounds in a way that there's you know shades of uh, you know I don't know lockdowns in there was it something that came out of of the pandemic? Yeah, we, we started just before the pandemic. So I think, um, golly, I, I'd been concerned about the way social networking was heading and the effect it was having on um, on young people for a long time. I remember back at my previous life in, in the veterinary industry, I was attending a veterinary conference, golly, back in 2010, I suppose, and I, I wanted to escape from the, the green puffer jackets and brogues and nipped off to a local bar for a quiet pint and I stood at the bar and I, I, I was watching a, um, a group of young um, sort of late teenagers in a circle. And, you know, whereas a few years before they'd be engaging with each other, talking, larking around, they were all sitting there on their phones, uh, ignoring each other in this space they created for themselves around their phones. And that was the first time that I'd seen that. And, and that really started 
get me thinking. And then latterly, my, my children now are in their late teens, early 20s, and um, they some of the issues that they were reporting to me around their their social dynamics and their friends and to a certain extent themselves that were affected negatively by um, heavy social media use by um, smartphones um, really inspired me to create something um, that was going to be simply better for people, something different. And that sounds like it was quite a leap from your veterinary background. You know, how did that go down with your peers? You suddenly went from that to being a startup founder. And, you know, how was that for you as well? You Did you feel that you were entering an unknown world? It was a lot less smelly, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, we exited. We I, I always had, I suppose, an entrepreneurial mindset. So we we started and founded a number of veterinary practices in, around Scotland. And um, um, I think the thing about entrepreneurs is often they love to start things and manage them for a while, but their eyes always on the uh, on the future and what can happen next. So I, I sold a veterinary group in two thousand seventeen, and um, by then I had this passion about social networking and it just wasn't letting me go and so really I started I read an article on creating wireframes to build an app um, and it really started from there and it just absolutely captured me um, and I I suppose I believe that you know if you have enough motivation and some experience then you can get things done just by putting one step in front of the other and not trying to eat an elephant all in one go. <laughs> That's a great philosophy. So tell me how you two actually works. And I know that, and we'll get onto this in a minute, you have had a, a recent pivot, but at the outset, how did you envisage it and how did it start to evolve um, when you first, first created the technology? Yeah, so we, we started just before COVID. Um, and um, I remember sitting there as COVID was becoming popular in uh, January 2020 and thinking this isn't a good time to start a social app all about connecting in real life um, but we kind of I suppose we went with the the sea of Facebook groups and COVID mutual aid platforms and we created a um, initially almost a help app which was text and image based um, and we realized that we could do so much more and so we then moved on and created a TikTok like um, video-based platform, but focused locally. The idea being that we would create local communities of young adults doing a variety of different things centred around their interests, but in their local community. I really like that because it's very sharing economy, isn't it? And because one of the things I love about the sharing economy is that it creates virtual connections that can then translate into physical ones. You think about something like a food sharing app or you know um a sort of a pet sharing or even clothes sharing or car sharing all these sorts of things you make that connection online but then the actual transaction takes place physically um in most cases and that is you know amazing because it means that you might get the opportunity to meet a neighbor that you didn't know before or you know connect with someone in real life and and create that um, real life transaction on top of the the one that you've done on on your phone so you know I love that that sharing economy aspect to what you are creating yeah I, I think um, we've all had a lot of 
social networks doing everything they can to keep us online, uh, I think. And this, you know, this started way back. I think it was Sean Parker of Facebook. I think he was president at the time. Um, said, you know, what do we, what can we do to consume as much of people's time and conscious attention as we possibly can to keep people on the app? And okay, that was a good few years ago now, but I don't think things have changed really from that. Um, and I know there, you know, there's a lot of social apps out there trying to connect people back in real life. I think the dating apps have probably been the most successful with that. Um, but there are challenges involved with that um, as online life consumes more and more of um, young people's lives. Mm-hmm. And it's it's mooted that Generation Z will spend 22 years of their lives entirely online um, unless we do something about it. So tell me about your launch. Did you do that locally, Stephen? Because I know that, and I haven't mentioned this before, you're actually based in Oxford, which is where I'm from, so a place very close to my heart. Did you launch locally in in just that one city location? Yeah, we've always believed that the way forward with these is to create um, these small atomic communities in in a single location and build from there. So we fully understand the dynamics of what's happening. So we launched in Oxford, which has a number of advantages because obviously it's got a, it's got the university there, which is a big part of the city. Um, and there's a lot going on outside the university. So we we had a number of launch events in, in Oxford in person. Um, and um, we were involved with discussions with clubs, with the university, with student ambassadors and, um, and so, yeah, so we, we had a, a fair amount of success in Oxford. I think we ended up with about five or 600 daily users in Oxford. We started to explore London um, after that, um, but London created a number of, um, a number of challenges. It's, it's obviously huge and it's very difficult to define um, what communities actually are in London. Um, and it was really around this time that we thought, you know, this is, we're going to be need to be a lot more specific about what we're doing here. And was this the point where, and I, I love these parts of stories because I find the, the pivot concept so interesting with early stage startups. Did you have a kind of a, a pivot epiphany, which are, a, a phrase I've now just coined, but did you have that moment where you're like, we need to, to switch this, we need to shift this quite yeah. considerably? Yeah, our pivot um, epiphany really came when we, we realised that we were experiencing some growth, but people didn't really know what to do with the platform. We didn't have a clear, unique value proposition with it. It looked a bit like TikTok. People loved to put on stuff that was going on locally, but they didn't really know what to do with it and how the, the real benefits, the real problems it was solving. So... We decided we, we needed to do something a lot more here. So we, we paused development um, back at the beginning of 2022, and we did a whole load of qualitative research. And um, I think that's a, a really good reference for this type of research is work done by a um, very, very well-known entrepreneur in the States called Steve Blank. And he provided a, a very detailed blueprint for this type of customer discovery. So we went back and we decided that we were going to focus on student communities in the UK. Um, advantages being they're already mesh communities. They're of uh, the Gen, Gen Z, uh, early millennial, later millennials that we were that we were looking for. Disadvantages are that 
you know, there were, there's a lot of competition for the student market, but we went back, we did over a thousand hours of research uh, wow. involving 21 universities in the UK, 130 students. Um, and we found two very, very um, defined problems that we could solve. And in so doing, we could have something that would really create um, a purpose for the, the platform and not just a purpose, but a way that that we could serve these people and we could improve um, their lives um, by doing this. And you talk about you two now being a social marketplace. Tell me what that is exactly. Yeah, so we needed some, what we were missing was a, um, a what's in it for me, what's in it for the user. So I think our biggest mistake on this journey early on was we had this burning fire inside of us to create these communities. And so did people when we told them about it, but people didn't know what to do and they didn't have something uh, that would give them immediate gratification when they went onto the platform. So they had to grab that vision and that required a lot of our early adopters to be able to do that. And so um, we, a social marketplace is for us that we're creating this is a marketplace in our case where people can trade their skills their knowledge and time with each other in the student setting so on campus so you have a local setting on campus and what students told us is that they really struggle to collaborate to sell these most valuable to to trade and to swap these most valuable resources with each other and so um we've been called the Airbnb for skills, knowledge, and time. So we're taking these resources that otherwise they wouldn't share and they wouldn't necessarily monetize to allow them to share and monetize these resources, giving them a reward as they come onto the platform, a real focus to be able to do that. And from there, we roll out our grand vision, which is to build these communities of people. That sounds amazing. If So if I was a typical student, which um, I was once, well, I don't know if I was typical, but I was a student, um, <laughs> what skills and what knowledge and what time, How what examples would you give me for that? Because I might be thinking, what you know, I don't have any skills, I'm 19, or I don't have any knowledge, I haven't, that's what I'm here to to, you know, to get, um, I don't have any time. I'm in the pub. You know, what? How do you? How do you get people to visualize what they can contribute? Elna, you've, uh, you, it, it's a joy to hear you say that because that's exactly that is exactly it. I don't have the skills to monetize. Everybody has skills, time, and knowledge they can monetize. They just don't know they can, and that's why with the Airbnb, you know, cranky, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you know, who'd have thought that you could monetize your guest room, your mm-hmm. guest bedroom? Uh, and so this, this is, this is our real purpose: is to give young people the confidence and the platform to be able to think what what is the value, what value can I give to others, what and how can I create value for myself and hey you know if you play the guitar you're not going to set up as a guitar teacher in most cases but if you can play a few chords on the guitar you're going to be a lot better than the rest of the people in your hall and if you're able to share that with other students and monetize that um in on a platform that's safe and uh, is frictionless to be able to do that then i think you would do it but the biggest thing that students were telling us is that they want to be able to share their academic resources so you know if you're in 
third year, fourth year in Scotland, you nailed your um, a module in economics, say, um, and you're really proud of having done that. And you that information and that um, technique is hugely valuable to students in the second or third year who are tackling this module for the first time. Um, and what better way to connect students? And this is what the, the real burning desire to be able to use this platform is to share this, um, share these opportunities, and in some cases to monetize them. It's really empowering, I think, as well. And this is one of the things that I, you know, always really enjoy about the sharing economy. That you know, it's that sort of surprise of, yes, I can make something out of this, I have this thing, I can do this thing, and it is empowering to know that, that that's of value to other people. So I really like that part of it. Um, it really, you know, it, it really resonates. And I think that what you said there is that whole sort of like being able to imagine in the way that Airbnb did that, you know, something like a spare room could actually generate an income for you. It's the same with with other things. You know, it's like the the dress unworn in my wardrobe might be exactly what somebody is looking for for a night out next week. But, you know, I just have gone off it. You know, it's that whole sort of like what's what's maybe not that amazing to me is exactly what someone else wants. And the technology here just opens that up, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and that—that's the key. It's—it's it's the technology, and that's—that's the—the beauty of platforms, sharing platforms, is that is that ability to be able to connect these people together, to be able to do that. And which leads beautifully, actually. Thank you for that segue. Um, into <laughs> connecting people. What about in person? Because you know, there's there are dangers in that, especially you know. For women but obviously for for everyone um how can you make sure that these in-person meetups are safe and, and at what point you know do you say it's not you two's responsibility so obviously we're focusing a bit here on on risk but um you know how are you dealing with that and how are you planning to deal with that yeah we we, we um two aspects of this really um l firstly we will do everything we can to make um, the platform safe and to for people to trust the platform and to trust each other on it. So we are putting the finishing touches to an authentication um, system through the app at the moment. We will be adding to that um, the ability or the requirement to people to put in their university credentials so that the people will be fully belonging on the app to that institution. We're video based, so that gives some um, increase pointers towards trustworthy trustworthiness on the platform, and that combination of video based and um, and local verified local will go a long way to to helping with that. We're developing an algorithmic trust profile on the app, which is which will be finished in two or three weeks' time, which will allow people to build a trustworthiness score according to how they behave on and, and off the app. But um, but hey, really, what, what I've also got to say about this, I think, is that people are, we're bringing people back to real life. You know, we're transporting people back to the 1980s where they had to make decisions about other people in real life. Now, we want to do this in the safest environment as possible, but we want to rekindling people, those abilities to recognize signals to rest um to recognize risk in 
real life situations in, in a safe an environment as we can um, provide for them. And so that common sense of of assessing risk is maintained and in some cases um, re-established in, in younger people. Absolutely. And, you know, when I tell my kids that, you know, on a night out, if you lost your friends, you, well, you know, that, that was you, wasn't it? You just went off and tried to find new ones. And, or, um, so, yeah, there, there's that sense, I think, that in a way we we were kind of, you know, you know maybe a, a bit more on high alert. And, and that is something that came from those in-person um situations um and maybe it's it's got a bit lost on the way um just in in our final few moments here Stephen if people want to find out about you two I know that you're in these early stages but where can they what's the best way to find a bit out a bit more it might not necessarily be something that they can use at the moment but where where would I direct them so I well because we've pivoted, I, I definitely wouldn't direct them to the website just yet. Um, we'll be out in the first British university, which um, is still a trade secret, until uh, in about four to six weeks' time, um, after which we will be pointing people to that direction. And they will be able to see what's going on at that first university, but they won't be able to do anything unless they belong to the university. But hey, we hope very, very quickly this will spread to the next one and the next one and the next one. And and and, and really, the app will start to leak out into local communities, which is our ultimate um, aim with this one. In the meantime, um, please hit me up on LinkedIn um, and I'll be happy to, to jump on a call with anybody who'd like to find out more. And this is the burning question that I know a lot of listeners will be wanting to know. Do you still ever do veterinary things? <laughs> Not intentionally. <laughs> well, that's a cliffhanger ending if ever there was one. <laughs> I'm going to leave that right there. I'm going to leave that hanging, Stephen. Thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. I've really enjoyed our discussion and look forward to hopefully seeing you at, you at some further in-person Marketplace Risk events. Thank you. Enjoyed it too, Elle. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Platform Podcast. Be sure to check us out at marketplacerisk.com for information and resources to help startups launch, grow, and succeed. And follow us on social media at Marketplace Risk to stay up to date on all of our conferences, summits, virtual events, and more.